Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders of The Wonderful World of Dance, and today I'm so excited to introduce Paul Chantry and Ray Piper, co-artistic directors and co-choreographic partners, and also husband and wife founders of the Chantry Dance Company. So let's say hi to Paul and Ray. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no, thank you for having us. Hello, Ray, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Thank you so much for having us today. Oh, fantastic. I'm so great. So happy to have both of you on the show today to have a chat about your company and your uh, careers, which have I've been reading about, which are quite amazing. But firstly, let's talk about the, the, the dance company, Chantry Dance Company. Tell us about your company. So Chantry Dance Company uh, was formed back in 2012. And we're not going to lie, it was formed a little bit by accident, to be okay. honest with you. So it's a bit of a funny story of, of how it came about. Um, fundamentally, Paul and myself were working together just as freelance choreographers. And um, we were approached by Sadler's Wells to create some work for uh, a company which was coming over from China. So it was actually, it was uh, part of the Chinese Ministry of Culture. And uh, they were bringing over this uh, very famous master calligrapher to perform his show at Sadler's Wells. And they wanted to have um, a Western dance company to perform whilst the master calligrapher was was writing his calligraphy on stage to the music of wow. uh, a live orchestra. So Sadler's approached myself and Paul and said, would you be interested in choreographing this? And we were like, well, yes, of course. <laughs> Let me just check my diary. I mean, Sadler's well. You don't really say no. no. Um, but we were very excited by the prospect of this. And so we, we went along to have a meeting with... Um, the producers of the show and the meeting went brilliantly and they were really excited to work with us we were excited to work with them and then they said what is your company called and Paul and I sort of were like Ooh, um, well it's, it's, it's me and Paul we're, we're just freelance choreographers and they didn't really understand this concept at all um, so we found ourselves in the position of having to just create a name of a company um, and obviously, you know, we brought some of our colleagues together to work as the dancers for this show. So uh, we were a company for the time and the duration of that show, but we weren't, you know, an established fixed company at all at this point. Um, so we basically sort of created the name Chantry Dance Company pretty much on the spot. <laughs> and then after the show at Sadler's, we, we felt that, you know, maybe this was, a turn of fate and it was something that we were supposed to be doing and so we decided to pursue this idea of actually having a cohesive uh, company something to pursue our artistic vision with and yeah Chantry Dance Company was born it was a bit of a baptism by fire to be fair that sounds uh, yeah, that, so that's how it came about it's interesting it does sound very fortuitous and in almost that sort of Chinese proverbian you know way actually doesn't it it's Sounds like the stars aligned and, and your company was born. It must yeah, have been I, an exciting time. Oh, definitely. It was incredibly exciting. I mean, to to be able to have your choreography performed on Sadler's Wells main stage as basically pretty much the debut of your company. 
um, it was something that we still sort of, we look back on it really, don't we? And we think, how on earth did that ever happen? But it did, and we're very grateful for that. And it was a really fascinating experience, um, you know, to work not only at Sadler's, which, you know, both Paul and myself had done before, but to work on the other side of the table, so to speak, as the choreographers. Mm. Um, And then also to work with uh, Eastern producers and to have that wonderful um, joining of cultures together. So it was altogether just a really wonderful experience. And tell me about uh, your own choreographic journey, or sorry, your own artistic journey that sort of brought you to choreographing this particular piece. I mean, you've had an extensive career yourself independently and also Paul has had an extensive career. But tell us about, you know, your husband and wife, you know, how far back do we go where your your story starts (laughs) and where the two of you come together and a new story begins? So Ray and I actually met in 2011. Um, We were introduced by a mutual friend who kind of said, Paul, meet Ray, she's a dancer. Ray, meet Paul, he's a dancer. Mm-hmm. And she kind of just faded into the background and kind of left us to it. Um, Ray was at the time actually performing in the um, Phantom of the Opera musical, The Love Never Dies, so the sequel to Phantom of the Opera. And I was dancing in, in an opera. Wow. <laughs> First time I've actually thought about that. Yeah. And, um, but we, we weren't introduced whilst at work. At this mutual friend of ours, we basically completely met just uh, as normal people we had no idea what the other person did and our mutual friend just introduced us didn't she yeah yeah and we just got we just got talking and found out more what each other did and and Ray hadn't really done a lot of contemporary dance before um but actually just threw herself into everything that we decided to do together yeah it's strange sort of how our careers my career had been more based in the sort of ballet and musical theater world and Paul had 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 gone more into the contemporary world, although we both had experience of each other's worlds. Um, and it was quite funny, actually, to be fair, because when we were both introduced, Paul actually thought I was working front of house at the theatre, <laughs> rather than actually in the show. So I'm not. No, 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 no I'll tell you why. Because she actually, I said to her, "Where do you work?" And instead of saying I work at Phantom, on Phantom of the Opera, she actually said, "I work at the Adelphi Theatre." So I, I just assumed that she probably worked front of house or in the box office. <laughs> I think she actually said you worked at Phantom. I know it's all my fault, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this sort of husband, husband wife tussle, you know, over the the, yeah, the, so the truth. Telling of the story. Actually, yeah, so what we actually did, and then the next, next step of the journey was, as Ray has, has already explained, about um, how Sanders Wells came about because yeah. we were asked to um, to participate in a research and development project at Sanders Wells. It was a, a, a small thing that was going to be a show, a small show that was going to be based on the um, Mary Norton novel, The Borrowers. Um, and that was the first time we actually found ourselves working together as That's dancers yeah. Um, yeah. and you know we you know we've, we found that we were able to connect physically I mm-hmm. think there's something really special when you are a husband and wife um, dancing together um, I think it does really bring something special to um, to your dancing and you know we've had a lot of comments about that from people you know that they this isn't anything egotistical but you know, people yeah. do say that you they need. see something different they need, yeah they say something unique in us and um yeah and you know we started the company and you know we try and dance as much as possible because we just love dancing together okay um 
So, yeah. <laughs> so you're you're both you set up this you meet in 2011. You set up this company in 2012, and here we are, yeah. sort of, <laughs> you know, six six years later. And in that time, clearly, you've got married, and you've set up. You know, you're oh, running well. Yeah, we got married actually during the time we were creating the shirts out as well. It was all a little bit crazy, to be fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, because you know when we when we met in in 2011, um, the actual timeline of events was we met um, two weeks later. Paul told me that I was his girlfriend. Didn't ask, please note. He actually <laughs> told me, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, that's fine. And two weeks after that, he told me that he was going to marry me. Um, I know it's, it's really cute. After six months, he proposed, and then a year. So a year after knowing each other, we got married. And it fell at exactly the same time as the Sad As Well show. So while we were on honeymoon, uh, we were still receiving phone calls from the producers <laughs> trying to sort out music for the show and the dancers and the, you know, the choreography. I think, uh, one, of the, one of the voicemails actually started, I know you're on your honeymoon, but... <laughs> no, we're on our honeymoon. There's no but. <laughs> so, yeah, so we got married back then. And, uh, yeah, then, as you say, so... Six years from that, further on, we're well. We're still married, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> you're still married. Your company's still here. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? And so we've even done IKEA together, and we're still here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how so how do you sort of um, you know divvy up the work uh, essentially, or the roles and responsibilities? Because you're co-artistic directors. You're you're saying you both like to dance as much as possible. You're both choreographers. Um, tell me about sort of your days and the projects that you work on and how that works for you. And maybe use the example of um, one of your upcoming shows to tell me about how your dance company operates and how you operate together. Sure. Well, I think the first thing to probably be said is that we have a really, really strong and fabulous core team around us at the company um, who we just we simply just couldn't operate without them so the, the way that the company works is basically we take on um, the jobs which we're strongest or most proficient at um, so for example I have a particular interest in uh, dramaturgy and writing stories and designing concepts for the ballets, mm -hmm. whereas Paul is particularly interested in movement language and working on detail within scenes and characters. So um, we complement each other in a sort of a choreographic partnership in that way that I tend to be very much the broad brushstrokes of, of what we're looking at. Paul will be putting in the movement language and the detail and then we've got this incredible core team around us. So we have our dance director, um, Gail Gordon, who uh, previously was uh, also a choreographer herself and mm -hmm. a performer. She was head of dance at the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School for over 30 years. And now we've stolen her. We're very happy about that. Um, so now she works with the dancers uh, and particularly with, with me when I'm dealing with concepts and narrative in helping design story arcs and character arcs and um, the acting sort of aspect of things. So, you know, for example, on our current show, we're, we're developing um, a show called Dracula, Welcome to Deeds, which is inspired by the Bram Stoker novel, mm -hmm. um, but it's a complete reimagining of the story. 
So we've rewritten it, and uh, although the characters remain the familiar characters that you would expect to see, Dracula and Harker and Mina and Lucy, etc., you know, we've, we have changed them and we've changed their setting. Um, if I say slightly, that would be a bit of a lie, quite a lot. Um, <laughs> it yeah. actually takes place in a cabaret club now. Dracula decided that the cabaret club is far more his home than a, a dusty old house. In I Carolina. like it. Oh, yeah, that sounds uh, far more entertaining. <laughs> Um, yeah, so so we have, uh, you know, I'm sort of painting the broad picture. Mm-hmm. Paul's putting in a huge level of detail. He works particularly, you you love working with duets and trios and solos. Yeah, I definitely you? think that's where my strength is. We always, we always say that when we come to big ensemble numbers, Ray basically says to people, right, you're going to move from here to here, and Paul's going to show you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, well, let's, yeah, I mean, well, let's talk about your choreographic language and your, your movement language um, and how you approach working with the team and what inspires you. Yeah, so uh, as regards our movement language, movement language it, it's actually taken us quite a long time to actually work out what it is mm-hmm. we do. And I think we're still evolving. I would yeah, hope definitely. we're still evolving because, you know, when you stop evolving, it's time to start worrying. So yeah. when we first started the company, we did, we, did, we did experiment quite a bit to find out what it is made us actually tick. Um, and, and, you know, we, 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 I think we've actually kind of on the right path now to find out what it is that we like to um, choreograph, like to present and like to dance in. And um, I would say the language is very strongly based in sort of the uh, contemporary dance foundation techniques like um, Martha Graham. Mm -hmm. Um, We use quite a lot of Limone as well, don't we? You're very uh, interested in Limone style Um, movement. Yeah. Um, And then influences, obviously, of the balletic, Mm -hmm. uh, classical ballet and classical Greek as well. and this and this all takes place in a cabaret setting. Um. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, it does work. Oh, I think it sounds amazing. Um, I, I can't know, wait. <laughs> when we're working with narrative ballet, something that we have been discovering over the past few years is that we don't ever want to feel limited to one style of dance if that style of dance doesn't mm-hmm. move the narrative or the character forward. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for example, in a cabaret club, we have this, this section where there's some jazz music playing and it just screams out to have jazz dance, you know, dance to it um, with a little contemporary flavor on top. So, you know, we feel if, if that's what is needed, then that's what's needed in this moment. And, um, you know, if the if the character is more contemporary or needs to be more floor based, then we have to go there. If the character requires a more neoclassical feel, then we go there. Really, so I think um, one of the things that really helps us with this is is perhaps the fact that Paul and I have got such varied performance backgrounds ourselves. So we do have quite a lot to draw on in the sense of everything that shaped us as performers uh, is now feeding into our choreographic work. You know, for example. You've worked so much with Javier de Frutos, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to maybe say a little bit about what you've done with him and how that's informed your work? Yeah, so um, I, I worked with Javier quite a few times, and the, um, the two of the big shows that I did with him was um, his controversial ballet, Eternal Damnation of Sancho and Sanchez, which was part of the Diagolez Ballet Russe um, centenary and celebration as well as well back in 2009 mm-hmm. um, and it was a very violent piece very brutal piece so um, 
actually been able to <laughs> um, express very strong emotions on stage in a very natural way is something that I learned um, quite a lot from him because um, I'm sure there's quite a few listeners who are aware of um, Javier and his, and his style. Um, and then the second piece I did, the other piece I did with him, which is a bit different, was actually a fairy tale. <laughs> a bit different. It was totally different. <laughs> it was based on um, Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale called The Most Incredible Thing, which is actually only about three or four pages long, um, but he extended it into a ballet. Um, and I think people were expecting it to be controversial. I think the most controversial thing about it was that it wasn't actually controversial. <laughs> um, <laughs> It wasn't what you normally expect him to do. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, you know, he was able to do both the, the very controversial things and then flip his hand and do very narrative, beautiful, beautiful ballets. And that's one thing I really learned from him and some other people that I work with, you know, people like Will Tuckett, um, just having this incredible, they have this incredible gift to be able to do so many things so amazingly, which is something I hope... I and Ray can do for the rest of our life <laughs> is not stick ourselves to one thing, but just keep doing so many different things. And in that desire for constant change or more, more like a constant uh, evolution rather, mm. um, and just thinking about some of the, the scenes that you've described and the different types of, of dance and the different influences, what is it that you would like your audience to walk away from your productions or particularly the upcoming production of Dracula, what would you like them to, to go away feeling? Well, I think more than anything else, we, we've always uh, known that we're very theatrical as a company. And um, with that in mind, we want the audience to feel like they've witnessed a piece of theater, a piece of drama, um, something that just happens to be told in dance. You know, dance is, is a language which we communicate in in this particular circumstance, but not for the dance to become the only thing that they take away. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, you can go and watch some beautiful, incredibly uh, virtuosic technical dancing, but for somebody in the audience who maybe doesn't know so much about dance, it won't touch their heart and their soul in quite mm. the same way that a story might or a mm. character might. Um, so I'm not saying for a single second there isn't room for abstract dance or, you know, technical dancing in that way. And, of course, we are technical dancers ourselves. But um, I think for, just for our company, the most important thing for us is to think that the audience has been touched by what they see, that they felt something. They've been taken on a journey, an emotional journey. They've witness characters who they started to connect with, who they feel for. They've gone through their stories together. So they feel that, you know, when they come out of the theatre, that they've been part of a different world. Uh, I guess that's, that's probably the take-home thing, yeah, that we'd love to just invite them into our world just for that two hours, and then they can go home and feel that they've really experienced something out of the ordinary, something that they're going to hold with them, um, and, yeah, just it, help them feel as yeah, much as possible. Yeah. I mean, this sense of narrative versus the abstract, um, you know, I think there are, there's obviously room for everything. And I think, you know, with the UK dance scene, um, there is certainly room for everything. And audiences are looking for, you know, 
when able to access all types of dance that they perhaps are interested in. But this idea of narrative, audiences are screaming out for narrative, I think, at the moment. Um, we hear a lot that they want to understand what's going on, they want to get taken on a journey, and they want to be absorbed into this world that they understand and, and can really connect with. So I think, you know, it sounds like this is what you're looking to deliver for these people. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a great passion of the company to think about growing dance audiences and bringing people to dance who might not otherwise absolutely. have chosen to go and watch a dance production. So, you know, we, we try to make our ballets very accessible mm -hmm. without having to compromise the artistic or the technical quality of what we're doing, which, you know, sometimes can be a bit of a juggling act. Yeah. Um, and... You know, we also like to tour to venues and where maybe dance isn't the the primary focus of that venue. So, you know, we don't necessarily visit just the big dance houses in the UK. We're trying to go to different regional theatres and really develop audiences for dance in those regions. And it's so... It's just so wonderfully, wonderfully gratifying when you receive an email after a show from somebody who, who says something like, I've never been to see dance before and I thought I was going to hate it, but I absolutely loved it. Oh, <laughs> and you see, yes, wow. we, brought, we brought somebody into the world of dance and it's, yeah, I just feel like we, we have this gift that we don't want to keep it just for ourselves. Yeah. We want to share it, you know? And um, narrative dance is a great way of doing that for, for so many people. It's transformative, isn't it? And I, I particularly where you're taking these shows out of the main dance houses into communities and into settings where it's not typical for dance to be seen. And I was reading about your outreach program that the company has where you're performing in some very unusual settings, um, you know, hospitals, <laughs> prisons, you know, care homes and other places. But, you know, these type of um, environments, I can imagine dance providing that incredible escape um, and an uplifting experience. So yeah. Yeah, yeah we have, we've actually been working um, on our outreach project for, for quite a long time now. Um, one of the first things we actually did, we worked with um, another company called Pimlico Opera where we, we, um, we were the choreographers on the shows that they used to take into, into the prisons. Mm. Um, so these, these, these were big musicals. And um, the first one we did was um, Sister Act in an all-female prison. Wow. And, uh, yeah. and basically what happens is, is um, they transform their gymnasium in, into, a, into a full theatre. Um, they bring seating in. Um, they bring big lights in. And the principal cast of the show are actually professionals. So when we did Sister Act, we actually had um, a guy who played Eddie who just finished doing Sister Act on, on tour. And what we do is when we go into the prison, we actually work with um, the inmates, some of the inmates who have shown interest in the project. Mm, mm. Um, and, you know, we've... You know, we, we teach them how to sing, we teach them how to act, we teach them how to, how to dance, and they become the ensemble dancers and ensemble members, sorry, of the, of, the, um, of the show. And it's so wonderful because a lot of them have never, ever stepped foot in the theatre. Um, the first time they're actually in the theatre is actually when they're actually on stage. Yeah, that's quite, it's <laughs> quite, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it, really? It is, and it's, it's, it's very moving to see the journey that they all go on from the beginning and yeah. to the to the final night, 
when we normally have lots of lots of tears in their life yeah and and you know and and they discovered something about themselves other than of, of mm. probably a lot of the time of what what they're actually in there for yeah yeah it's, um, it's um they discover something positive in yeah. what could have been a negative Setting. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that certainly inspired our outreach project. That definitely inspired our outreach project and uh, program site. And you know, we've, you know, we go we go into prisons and deliver more contemporary dance focused projects. Um, we take um, small scale down versions of um, other shows that we do to to those um, prisons, to care homes in the area, to children's yeah. hospitals. Wow. Um, and it's, it's so wonderful, especially when you're up that close with people yeah. um, who, who, are, who, are, who are in unfortunate situations yeah. um, just being moved to tears. Um, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested, um, you know, you're talking there about sort of, you know, really reaching people and one of the ways of, you know, being able to reach you know, new, new people for dance is through teaching dance, um, which I was always also interested to hear about sort of how your Chantry School of Contemporary and Balletic Arts has come about. Yeah, so obviously once once we had the company up and running and we were producing these professional touring shows um, and we'd started our outreach work as well, so we were then taking, as Paul said, some scaled-down versions of these touring shows to um, these more challenging locations. Education obviously sort of popped its head up as something else that we wanted to look at uh, in terms of our company mission. And so we started off actually really, really small. We just started off by running a couple of associate programs, which happened once a month. And the idea behind that was that young dancers from across the country could come up and dance with the company and be, be taught by the company directors and, uh, and team once a month and so we started this with just two programs and very quickly two programs evolved into about nine or ten different programs um, and we had uh, dance students of all ages wanting to do these associate programs so they were ranging from age six all the way up to sort of in their late teens up to 20s and then we kept on receiving requests from them to say, well, when are you going to start a full-time course? Because we want to come and dance with you all the time, not just once a month. So Paul and I were like, well, you know, we've got an awful lot on with the <laughs> company. And, uh, you know, as, as well as this, we're still freelancing as choreographers as well, working with a lot of other companies. Um, but, hey, it seems like the natural way to go. And we really have, uh, you know, such a, a feeling that, Chantry Dance Company is is more than just a company which produces shows. You know, it, it, the scope has to be bigger than that. Uh, the reach has to be bigger than that. Mm. And so we finally bit the bullet and we spent a couple of years developing a full-time diploma course, um, which is a three-year program, uh, vocational training for dancers age 16 plus. And so now we have this up and running and we're into our second year already. And it's just been, it's, it's almost like watching a dream unfold in front of your eyes because we had this, this dream of having a company that had this kind of far-reaching impact. And now we're seeing these young 
dancers who are coming into the school, we're training them, they're working so hard, we're trying to give them all of our knowledge and experience. They're really grabbing hold of that. And then you see them when they come in and they meet the company dancers and the two things come together, the school and the company. And, you know, like, for example, just right at the beginning of our tour rehearsals this year, we had some of our diploma students coming in with the company to take company class. And we just looked around the room and it was one of those just really beautiful, wonderful moments. You, you, can't, you can't really capture that moment um, and describe it properly, but it was when you saw the you know, 16 and 17-year-olds in the same room as the, the more senior dancers, mm. the 40, and dare I even say up to 50, because we do have some more senior dancers in our company who are still incredible and beautiful and move like you wouldn't believe. Mm. But to see this range of ages where there were no barriers, nobody was judging each other, all we were there to do, all of us, was to be united and share in the passion of dance. And it was it was just a beautiful moment. So, you know, this is really where we're we're seeing the company going and the school going, that they're very, very wonderfully connected. And uh, I we have, hope that once the students start graduating, that uh, they'll be part of the company as well. I have to say, it does sound extraordinary, not just, you know, your own journeys, but to actually not just set up a school, but actually devise this uh, an actual academic program. This does not sound like a small undertaking at all. This sounds like an enormous undertaking that you have been able to achieve. And like you say, to, to see the, the fruits of all of that in, to, in one room and, and to see it all come together, it just sounds extraordinary. It must have been a huge <laughs> amount of work. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we haven't really slept for six years, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, you talk also about um, uh, yeah, changes and reaching out. And I'm interested, you started the company in London, but you moved to Lincolnshire, where you're based now. How has that change, do you think, affected that six-year journey that you've been on? Yeah, so Ray and I, when we were in, when we were in London and we started the company, um, we decided, well, we discovered that we had more of a heart for taking um, high quality professional performance and educational opportunities to people who don't receive a lot of it. And we thought, what are we doing in London? Yeah, there's just so much in London. London. Mm, <laughs> there is true. a lot in London. And I'm actually from Grantham in Lincolnshire. So I, I am aware of um, the lack of access to, to dance and a lot of the arts in in the town and um, the county, in the right, county yeah. in general. Um, so we thought this this probably would be an ideal place, and it has been one of the most rewarding things actually um, being out of out of London. For a lot of people, being in the big city does um, does help them, and they thrive on that. But we we've, we've actually found that we grow creatively and artistically when we're when we don't have that kind of claustrophobicness if that's even a word <laughs> yeah you know you know just, just just to be able to you know simple things just be able to have a studio where there's windows mm. you know and, and to come out and you're in the fields and and so and so many different things just really add to ourselves creativity and creative that doesn't sound yeah creativity yeah <laughs> 
Um, but you know, but going back on what we said um, a while ago, that being in a different county where there isn't a lot of access to to, to dance, the, the type of dance that we do, that um, it, you know, it has it has given us a lot of opportunities, um, performance opportunities, especially to really reach out to people. Um, you know, to be, do more community-based things, um, and lots of our outreach projects as well, um, which I don't think we really would have been able to do as much if we still stayed in a, in a city. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very hard to sort of predict what may have happened if mm. we'd have remained in London, but I think it's, it's very safe to say that with the move uh, to Grantham and to Lincolnshire, um, you know, we, as Paul said, he, he obviously has a massive heart for the county being born there. Um but we've we've witnessed some really fabulous positive changes as a result of the stuff that we've been doing. Um, you know, for example, we've on the sort of on the education front, you we've heard quite a few young dance students say things along the lines of, "Oh, well, I'm not really sure if I'm going to do anything with my dancing because you know I'm just from this small town mm. in Lincolnshire somewhere," mm. and I feel like we've been able to kind of start to change that mentality that, you know, it doesn't matter where you're born, it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are, because if you have the will and the heart and you work hard, then you'll be able to find a way of following your passion. If your passion is for dance, that's great. Whatever your passion is. Um, So, you know, we've already seen students from this area that we've been working with really, really rise to success. We've we've just had one... um, no, actually, I like two of our full-time students go into the West End Fantastic. Um, into a production. So, you know, that's really fabulous for the county. Also, very important that we should mention our local theatre, um, which it's, it's the most beautiful, beautiful um, traditional style theatre uh, in Grantham. And I think... When we moved to Grantham, we really didn't expect to receive the level of support from them, which we have. And it's been, they've been really instrumental in helping us. Um, and that's been wonderful to really feel like we have a theatre supporting us as well as, you know, as well as a community or, 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 or you know, anything like that. But to actually have a theatre who was helping us say, yes, come and do your productions here. We're going to give you some time. We're going to give you, um, we're going to believe in you guys. We're going to, you know, uh, program you and and that was just really wonderful and we we are enjoying seeing how that relationship with the theatre here is developing and then now in much wider ranging within the county the theatres um, all around here as well as the other ones in the UK that we talk to in other regions. Um, so I was, yeah, just, I was just going to ask. Sorry about that. I just um I lost you for a small bit, so I don't think I caught the name of the theatre and. and Hearing what you're saying about how instrumental they have been in, in the success, I really want to make sure that we give them a shout out <laughs> and get their name. Yes, no. <laughs> was it? Yeah, it's it's the Guildhall Arts Centre in Grantham. Thank you. 
Okay. Yeah, they're wonderful, wonderful theatre. I think I nothing but great for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad. I, I just, I literally lost you for a small second there, and it was literally when you were saying the name. But I do think what you're doing is so important because it, it shouldn't be that you, know, you have to come to the capital, you know, come down to London to have a career in dance. You know, there, you should be able to have a career that's you know fulfilling in the regions of the UK um, because there are a lot of dancers who don't want to come down to London, who who want to live in Lincolnshire, who'd love the opportunity well, of joining your company. Yeah. I mean, we, we had experienced this, um, this real fantastic sense of uh, locational success, if you I'm not yeah. sure that's yeah. a particularly English way of describing it, but, um, you know, with, with Paul and myself being based in Grantham, um, just recently a show that we both choreographed it was for another company um but this was in our freelance choreography careers mm -hmm. but we choreographed gangster granny for birmingham stage company uh, the david Williams um novel and we were really so fortunate the show was fantastic it was a wonderful experience to be part of and birmingham stage company created this incredible production and we were just so honored to be the choreographers for it and we were very fortunate that the show was nominated for an olivier so, you know, in this moment, it was it was really a wonderful time for us because we we were able to say, look, hey, we're based in Grantham. Mm. We've just been working on a show that's been nominated for an Olivier. Both Paul and I went to the awards and we were dressed in uh, a fabulous dress, which we had bought in Grantham and a I fabulous... Wasn't, wasn't <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> 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 you were, no, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the dress. Paul was in a lovely tuxedo, which we had sourced from Grantham, um, part of the show as well. We had had some other people from Grantham involved in. And I just felt like, you know, we were there at the Olivier Awards and we were really flying the flag for Lincolnshire and Grantham and saying, look, hey, you, you know, you can be from anywhere. Look, yeah. look where you can be. So it was, yeah, I, I, I'm really keen to just, or we're really keen to, Try and encourage people to not ever feel that there are barriers to their dreams or to success. Well, it sounds like what you're doing with the Chantry Dance Company and, and your dance school and your outreach program and with your own choreographic work is really, you know, fulfilling the, the vision that you have, which I think is amazing. Um, I'm so excited to hear that you're touring your new show, Dracula, Welcome to the D's, from the 21st of September through to the 14th of October. Um, and yep. there's quite a few shows within, within that time frame, it sounds like. But I wanted to ask you sort of, you know, a couple of final questions. Um, tell me... We've talked about what you've achieved over the last six years and it's such a huge amount. What is there a goal in mind for the next six years? If you think, well, you know, in another six years' time, you would like to have also done this or are you seeing how things evolve? I mean, as, as regards uh, the pieces that we present, I mean, Ray and I are always discussing. We spend a lot of time in the car traveling up and down the country. So a lot of these journeys are actually taken up with us discussing what, you know, what we're going to do in the future. Mm. Um, we do have a very long list. Yeah, we've got a long list uh, of ballets we want yeah. to create. Um, um, I, I think it's yeah. about re 
now really expanding our touring venues. We want to be able to go to more places in the country. Um, and I think as well for us, the next level would be to, as well as uh, touring to these regional venues, we would love to work with some of the big dance houses just so that we can um, increase our production values and, and, and you know, work in uh, these locations, um, not ever to at the expense of losing any of our other venues, of course. Um, but it would be nice to have, to be able to say, look, we're a company that can play at perhaps a small art center um, in the middle of wherever, but then we're also going to be playing, you know, perhaps a, one of the really big dance houses like Sav as well, because I think that, I think that could be very inspiring for people to know that there's, there are companies out there that will do everything for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, think, I think also on the, on, as Ray was saying, on the production side, yes, we would like to grow on the production side of what we do, but I don't think we ever want to get to a point where we're creating shows that just have massive, massive sets um, you know, very mechanical things. Because mm. I think both of us absolutely thrive on just being very, very imaginative um, with with very simple things, if that makes mm. sense. Um, well, it's that wonderful example that you were always giving me of the, the Matthew Bourne moment with the skating, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, and the skating. I mean, you, you don't you don't need a wind machine if you can get dancers to do it. Absolutely yeah. fine. Um, but for us, in the for us, it's been it's been okay. We need to we need to create a cabaret scene, but we've only got fifteen pounds to do it. With. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that does open us up. Like I say, it does open us up in, um, with our imagination. Yeah. And I think it really um, it really gives the audience something. It taps into their imagination a bit more than them coming and just seeing a massive set um, in front of them. So, wow. Yeah, so, You've certainly, you know, inspired me, I have to say, and I'm sure you've inspired all of our listeners. Um, all I can think about is Dracula in a cabaret, um, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds amazing. So let me just, you know, repeat those dates for people who may not have caught it. It's Dracula, Welcome to the D's, running from the 21st of September to the 14th of October, and you can find out all of the details on Chantry's website, chantrydancecompany.org. That's C-H-A-N-T-R-Y, dancecompany.org. Thank you so much, um, Paul and Ray, for talking with us today, and I can't wait to hopefully see one of your, your shows soon. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.